0: show. Let's have some fun on a Monday. Did you miss me? It is going to be a good one tonight. Two different Americas. New York Times has something out and I I read it. I read the headline and I thought, man, we really do occupy two totally different Americas. I'll get to that here in a couple minutes. We have more cold-bloodedness, cold-heartedness, I should say, from the communists Remember 2016 when Trump went through all this stuff, FBI investigations? I'm having someone on an hour and a half from now to talk about that. And I'll tell you, it's scary. It's legitimately scary. We have Jen Psaki losing her mind. Of course, Kathy Hochul and the New York communists are going crazy. Emails tonight. I'll take phone calls later on in the show. Don't bother calling now. All that and much, much more coming up. On the Jesse Kelly show. But I want to begin here. I want to begin with two different Americas. Because I feel like that's what we occupy. And I spent some time this weekend because I'm a nerd. I spent some time this weekend thinking about this and what it actually means. <laughs> what does it mean to have not just two totally separate value systems, which, which we have. Right, there's yours and then there's the communist value system. But two completely different living experiences. Completely different. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you what. I'm gonna play this little exchange between Jen Saki and Peter Ducey. When they were talking today about mass mandates and schools and closures and all these things, we're going to have this conversation because, you know, I've been playing for you all these all these bits from people like uh, Kathy Hochul talking about, oh, kids are resilient. I'll throw the masks on them. What's the big deal? Listen to this and then I'll get to this New York Times headline. ON SCHOOLS IN VIRGINIA, SEVEN DISTRICTS REPRESENTING 350,000 STUDENTS ARE SUING THE STATE. THEY'RE HOPING TO GET A STRICT MASK MANDATE FOR STUDENTS THAT HAS BEEN ROLLED BACK BY THE NEW GOVERNOR, REINSTATED. SO WHO DOES THE PRESIDENT THINK KNOWS BEST FOR STUDENTS? SCHOOL BOARD MEMBERS OR PARENTS?
1: WELL, THE the PRESIDENT BELIEVES THAT uh, PUBLIC HEALTH OFFICIALS HAVE THE BEST GUIDANCE on what we can all do to protect ourselves, including teachers, administrators, and students. It's always been up to local school districts to determine how they're going to approach, uh, what implementation measures they're going to put in place. But here's what we know from public health officials who are the experts on a pandemic. Uh, Studies show that masks reduce transmissions in school. They are a proven tool that helps keep students and teachers safe from COVID, and they can thus help keep schools open and safe.
0: Just so that it's crystal clear, for anybody watching, you guys think that ultimately in this conflict between school board members and parents, the school board members should have more of a say in what what That's actually
1: not what I said. I think everybody should abide by public health guidelines, not just to keep their own kids safe, but keep their their school community safe, whether it's teachers, classmates, uh, administrators, others in schools.
0: That is what she said. And that is what they feel. And this is what I mean by two different Americas. We have, and this is this is before COVID, so, so let's do a pre-COVID thing. Pre-COVID, we had an America that was separate and racing in opposite directions. Not just separate. It's one thing to have uh, some distance between you. It's another thing to have distance between you and you're both pointed the opposite way and you've got the foot on the gas. That's where we already were. The left has gotten themselves so wormed into every single cultural institution in this country. And because they're in more of a position of power now than ever, they are pressing the gas pedal, which turns people off like you, like me. So we're turning around the other direction and pressing the gas pedal. We were already there. And then coronavirus got here. And now we're not just racing the other direction. We honestly occupy completely different planets. This is the headline from the New York Times. These mothers were exhausted, so they met on a field to scream. And the the headline under the picture, it has these women standing on on a field. Looks like a soccer field. (laughs) This is America. Anyway, standing on a soccer field, and it says a group of mothers at their first primal scream in Boston last year. Boston Mothers, many were exhausted. The pandemic has been so draining, they wanted to scream. And as you listen to the sound of my voice right now, maybe that is your situation. Maybe you're in an apartment in downtown New York. Maybe your kids are in New York public schools or wherever. Maybe your lived experience for the last two years, whatever your, whatever your ideology is, right or left, maybe your experience for the last two years has been hell. Maybe it's been terrible. That's one thing. That's bad enough. If you've had a rough two years, masks on your kids, vaccine passports, all these COVID restrictions, your kids complaining about the mask on their face, classes by Zoom. If, you, if you're if you one of the parents, if you're one of the people out there who've experienced this, that's one thing. It's bad enough to have a rough two years. But it's another thing entirely to know that you're a day's drive away from being totally free of all that. And I don't know what that means for America but that's where we are. And I and I don't say this, and believe me, what I'm about to say is gonna sound like I'm some I'm I'm rubbing it in or something like that. I'm not. I'm pointing out the difference. In my neighborhood, in Texas, just you know, standard Texas neighborhood. We were having massive parties, July fourth neighborhood celebrations in twenty twenty. In 2020, my kids were in school all year. I think there was a week at the beginning of COVID where they were out of school, a week or two. And then it was boom in person, in person learning, playing with their friends in the playground. In 2020, we were walking into packed restaurants here in Texas. And I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not doing this to rub it in anyone's face. I'm doing this for this reason. If you are that person in a Manhattan apartment with your kids going to school and you're sick of the masks and the crap and the everything, you know by now, because this is the information age, you are just a day's drive away from being free. People are going to start making the drive, which is good. I've encouraged you to do that, right? I've encouraged you to move. That's good. I, I want all this to happen. If you see some place you'd rather live, go. Pack up your stuff and go. If you can do it with your job and family and all that, if you can do it, go. But there's something else. Doesn't that just simply separate us even further and further the divide in this country? And I'm not telling you to sacrifice that. Oh, I'm staying to to save America. It's not what I'm saying. But doesn't that mean... Doesn't that mean we are, gosh, I hate to even say this. Doesn't that mean we're almost to the end? Are we? I mean, Fast forward, forget about just now. Forget about right now. Let's attempt to be a little bit forward thinking here. Let's fast forward to 10 years from now. That's not far. It's not far. 2032. What does New York City look like versus... Florida. What does it look like? I mean, we're not talking about, oh, a little off, oh, this city living's a little different. We're talking about totally different planets. We haven't even gotten to the communist response to an NYPD officer getting killed and his partner still basically on life support and how cold-blooded and hard they were to the whole thing, how, how they didn't care at all. I'll, I'm going to play you some Hoko audio. I am. I'm going to play you some Hoko audio. I'm going to tell you Eric Adams' comments. I, the, the the coldness of these people, and it, more than just the coldness, they don't appear to be sitting around and having any self examination at all. Which again is going to only cause more people to flee, and more people to flee, and more people to flee. And I'll say it again. Ten years from now, what does this country look like if all the good people from the cities have taken off for Texas and Florida and all that's left in the cities are the poor people who couldn't afford to move out and the card-carrying communists who are intent on abusing them at every turn? What does it look like here? You can't have a country like that. It doesn't work. That's not how it works, and we're not talking about a normal situation where, well, okay, the city, it's got some, yeah, they got more concerts and restaurants, but we got more crime there. It's just a We're not talking about that difference. We're talking about escape from New York stuff here. How does it look? I don't know exactly how it looks, but I know it doesn't look good. You know what else doesn't look good? You're shooting if you haven't been to the range. I'm not judging. I'll be honest with you. You know how much I enjoy weapons and shooting. I still go through long periods of time where I don't go to the range. Ammo costs a daggone fortune right now. It's a pain. You got to pack it up on a Saturday. Have you heard about Mantis X? Mantis X. Here's what it is. It attaches to your weapon. Just attaches to your weapon and you can sit and practice with your weapon. Whatever your weapon is, whatever weapon we're talking about, you can practice at home. 94% 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes. It's not just practice. They're giving you feedback, real feedback. Oh, Jesse, how do they how do the Marines learn how to shoot? You know what the Marines are using in boot camp in Paris Island? Mantis X. This is what the pros use. You can get one and practice without spending a dime on ammo. Go to mantisx.com and get yours today. That's mantisx.com. Dot com.
2: You're listening to The Oracle. You're going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse
0: Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. And, and look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not picking on New York. I'm telling you, we have two different lives now in this country. Two totally different experiences out there. And it's not necessarily a city versus rural thing. I don't know how to explain it. Again, I'm not picking on New York. This is the, the director of the Texas Children's Hospital, someone you should trust implicitly. And this person is apparently a nut job. What do you think about lifting ma- school mask mandates right now?
3: Well, look, this is the most highly transmissible variant we've seen. We've got something on the order of measles, and and therefore, if you start lifting mask mandates now, you're basically condemning all the kids to get infected with Omicron and, and having to live with those consequences, which would mean that some kids will have to be hospitalized or, or possibly worse. So it makes no sense to lift mask mandates at this point. It makes every bit of sense to maximize uh, vaccinations because we know that's having a huge impact, especially the boosters on reducing hospitalizations, reducing emergency room visits by quite a bit.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Israel is the most vaccinated nation on the planet right now. They're also, they just achieved the distinction of per capita most cases of coronavirus on planet Earth. We have two different Americas now and we're racing opposite directions and I don't know how we fix that. And it's not just honestly, it's not just it's not just covid stuff. It's everything. Every part of what we see right now. It's two different countries. That is really it has really really hit me especially over the last 2 years. If you're somebody if you're someone who lives in Chicago, or the Washington, DC is probably a better example. And you work in politics, and all your friends went to Georgetown law, and I'm very important and smart. I use big words no one can understand. Here are my 10 degrees. Oh yeah, I'm still 250 grand in debt for college. If you're that human being, you live in a totally different reality, a completely different reality than other people. I have said this before, and I'll say it again. People on the left, the communists right now, you know what they need? I hate to give them advice. They won't take my advice anyway, but you honestly know what they need? It's not that they need Republicans on their staff. What they need is this. They need a person from real life on their staff. And this is what I mean. Pick your city. I don't care. Pick Pick your middle America city, and there's a bunch of them. Or, even better, go out to the country and pick somebody. Pick somebody in Nebraska. And say, all right, I want you working for me. Why? I'm not involved in politics. No, 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 no. That's why I want you working for me. I want to at least have someone on my staff who can tell me things I don't hear anywhere else. That is critical right now. You know the Supreme Court, guys? Lots of them. Lots of the Supreme Courters. The, the, the people you'd think of as conservative on the Supreme Court, although some of them, <coughs> Brett Kavanaugh, are totally useless. You know what they do? For staffers, they'll normally put some people on their staff who are hardcore communists. Why? So they are given a window into how the other side thinks, into how the other side is processing information, into what information the other side is getting. You know major corporations out there? You probably already know this, but major corporations... Litigation is just a huge part of doing business now in this country, sadly. I mean, litigation is part of it, right? You've always got to sue someone for something, got over arbitration over something. You know these mega corporations, they have obviously their own in-house counsels and big-shot attorneys they hire. Do you know it's not uncommon for a major employer, a major company, let's call it Coca-Cola. I'm not picking on Coke, let's just call it Coca-Cola. you know if they have a trial coming up? They're involved in some kind of litigation. Coca-Cola will drop three, four, five hundred thousand dollars on having a mock trial, a fake trial before the trial where they'll have their lawyers go up against other lawyers who they'll hire and are you on behalf of who they're about to go up against? Remember, this is four or five hundred thousand lost. I mean, it's just like taking it and flushing it down the john. Speaking of which, I have a toilet story to tell you guys later. Everyone wants this toilet story again. You guys are sick freaks. I'll tell that next hour. You know what? Half hour from now, I'll tell you the toilet story. OK, half. Hour, remind me, Chris, half hour from now, I'll tell the toilet story. But anyway, back to back to what I was saying. Now, why? What are they doing? What's the point of this? They don't know how the other side is thinking. They don't have any idea about the other side. They can't relate to the other side. So spend the money and figure out what are they going to say? What are they going to argue? Maybe this isn't even worth sending to trial. Maybe we should pay it out. When I hear things like this from the press secretary of the president of the United States of America, it tells me these people have no idea what normal people are going through. First on the markets, does the president think it's a big deal that today the Dow Jones is down uh, at one point more than 1,100 points?
1: Well. To start with, uh, we focus on the trends in the economy, not any one day and any single indicator. Unlike his predecessor, the president does not look at the stock market as a means by which to judge the economy. I would note uh, that the market is up around 15% compared to when President Biden took office. Uh, but our measure of success is really how real working families are doing, whether they are, have a little breathing room, whether they have a job that delivers some dignity and a paycheck that can support, they can support a family on. And we've seen a great deal of progress made on
0: that front well look i mean here's the thing you have to understand we we don't measure success based on the stock market even though the stock market's up since we got here not that we measure success but either even still that's a measure of success but we're we're don't you love when they talk to that well we're focusing on american families um you know the first phone call i got today it was from a relative of mine i was on the way to work hey man i'm really worried I woke up today and 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 I looked at I looked at my 401k. Hey, what do you think's coming in the future? I have news for you, Jensaki. If you would actually talk to somebody outside of Washington D.C. or New York City, normal people have investments too. And when the stock market takes a bath, normal people start looking at their retirement And they get awfully worried about that. I I know that's hard to relate because you're going to retire with some government check on some university campus somewhere. But that's reality. All right. It's time to talk about, once again, a tragedy. Someone died. And once again, the communist simply can't help himself. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Yes, I'll give you the terrible airport toilet story about 30 minutes from now. And the plot against the president. Have you watched that yet? It's a few years old. People forget about 2016, the one Trump won. They forget about the institutions of government and the things they did. One hour from now, my friend Amanda's coming on. She's the one who created that plot against the president movie how bad was it? What did they do? I'll tell you, having a private conversation with her about it and then watching it, it's a little scary. <laughs> it's a little bit scary. All right, before we get to the tragedy and whatnot, we do have to get to this. For sale. Remember that conversation we had the other day on the show, by the way, about things you do if you had a ton of money that are outside of the norm? I mean, like you won the lottery, and I know if you got done paying the bills and all that other stuff, things you do. Well, I just added one to my list. For sale, CIA black site where terrorist suspects were tortured in Lithuania. It's for sale. A menacing steel barn outside the Lithuanian capital of Vilnius. I don't know. I went to community college where CIA terrorist suspects were once held in solitary confinement, subjected to constant light and high intensity noise is soon to go on the market, oh my gosh, I want this so bad, Chris. can we see if can we see if I heard would buy it for us for the show? No, listen, listen, hear me out, hear me out. The Jesse Kelly show, we could do remotes, we could set up a studio in the CIA black site. oh, come on, you're come how much can it be? You know we'll keep reading the government's real estate fund, which handles assets no longer been needed on needed by the state. Said on Monday, it was selling the notorious black site known as Project Number Two. Oh, that's even creepier, Chris. We have to own it. Or detention site Violet. Oh man, it doesn't. I don't see how much it is, but Chris, could you do me a favor and get could you do me a favor and get a hold of iHeart and see if they would maybe what? See if they would maybe buy that for us. They're building us a new studio here. I want a black site. I want one of those things, and we could do so many creepy things with it. Oh, yeah, and we'd hire. think about how much fun we could have with the new interns we hire and stuff like that. Hey, look, this is just part of the process, guys, all right? You have to spend the night here for two nights. If you can make it through the high intensity, what? This is fine. I'm sure HR will be fine with it. If you can make it through the noise and the lights and the sleep deprivation and having to poop in the corner, then you can come work for the show. If you can't. Then I'm sorry, you're out. What? I think I would be good at running a black site, Chris. All right, moving away. We've been I feel like a broken record at this point in time, because I just continue to marvel at the lack of humanity from communists. And remember what I've been going off on recently is it's a lot of different things. Uh, Joe Biden. He went to Colorado after that wildfire just devastated people's lives. And he stands up there at the microphone in Colorado. I mean, we're gonna build, we're gonna build windmills and pass Build Back Better, guys. And I, just, I remember I came on and went off that night. You remember when he said this?
4: Yeah, you know, we're gonna have windmills. You can, you're gonna see that have 100 yard wingspans each, each propeller on that on that uh, um, windmill, 100 yards long. So there's so much that is going to be able to be done. It's also going to create a significant number of jobs. We're going to be able to do a lot of renewable things that allow you to not only rebuild, but afford to rebuild and rebuild better, to build back
0: better than it was before. And uh, it includes billions of dollars. That's what he stood and said in Colorado while it was still smoldering around him, while people were still searching for pets and loved ones. How cold is that? Okay, so I probably don't need to tell you a couple New York cops got killed. Well, I'll take that back. One killed, one on life support. I don't have an update on him. We were trying to get kind of an insider update on him to see how he's doing. But you have an NYPD officer killed. The other one's on life support. What happened? Surprise, surprise. They show up at a home. They were told there are no weapons in the home, but the guy in the home is a felon out on probation? Stop me if you've heard this one before. Kills a New York cop. Gravely injures another one. Okay, so right now, we're looking at people who've lost everything, right? Someone someone got the phone call. Your husband's never coming home again. A child found out, I'm going to live my entire life without knowing my father. That is... That is the saddest freaking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And in the wake of that, the governor, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, steps up and without, without a second thought says this.
5: Our hearts and prayers are with the families and the members of the NYPD, but also it just it's a resounding call to action. We have to do more to fight the scourge of illegal guns on our streets, and we need Washington teaming up with us, teaming up locals to get it done. These guns, they're coming in from other states. They're flooding our streets, and I have pledged the resources of the New York State Police to become embedded with NYPD and others to help them. In fact, we've tripled funding for this gun interdiction effort because they're coming in from Virginia and Maryland and coming in from Pennsylvania to our very streets.
0: Jason Rivera, 22 years old, is dead. His partner, Wilbert Mora, say a prayer prayer for him, by the way. We, We pray on this show. Say a prayer for Wilbert Mora. As of Saturday, this is the last update I have on it. He still had a bullet lodged in his brain, and he wasn't in critical condition. It was described as very critical condition. While we have a cop dead, the other one with a bullet in his brain, Kathy Hochul sits down with her staff before standing up and giving a speech, and instead of just prayers for the family, we're with them, whatever we need at this time, instead of a loud condemnation against this dirtball who shot them, against this murderer who's out, instead of that, Instead of the call to keep criminals in jail, instead of any of that, she sits down with her staff and says, hey, guys, okay, we got a cop dead. Another one has a bullet in his brain. How can we use this? I mean, let's, let's be honest here. We have a tremendous opportunity here. A dead cop in one in critical condition is just simply an opportunity for them. I have I've said it before. Again, I'm gonna keep saying it. How do you get there where where there's no humanity left? There, there's nothing inside of you that, that any and look, not to just pick on her. Eric Adams, the freaking mayor, came right out and said, Police department's doing their job taking the guns off the street. And each time you take the gun off, there's new guns coming in. And he called on Washington. He gave this the new mayor, former NYPD. Steps up in gun grabs too. If there's anyone who should know what it's like when there's a brother in arms dead, another one fighting for his life, you'd think it'd be Eric Adams, but nope. What did I tell you? You thought, you thought, well, oh, things are going to turn around in these cities. People are going to wake up and the new mayors you know, across the country. The new mayors are going to change things. They're going to turn things around. People are mad about the crime. Oh, people might be mad about the crime. You can wishful think all you want. The governors and mayors really across this nation, they're not getting the message. They're not looking in the mirror right now and saying, I'm doing something wrong. They're looking in the mirror and saying, oh, nice. Someone else died. How can I use this to help me? I don't know how you get there, but they're there. And i tell you, I I can't stand people. I'll tell you something else I can't stand. I can't stand scam artists. It drives me up the wall. You ever talk to one of these people who owns a timeshare and they want out of it? It's not a problem a lot of people know about. Maybe this is your situation. Maybe you own a timeshare and you want out of it. They don't let you out. They have all these contracts. They've been working on them for years. They keep you locked in. I've heard horror stories where someone will die and their kid inherits inherits the contract and has to pay the annual fees. Some of those annual fees have doubled. Lone Star Transfer has been helping people get out of those for a long time. Over 16,000 satisfied customers. A family-owned company. 99% success rate. And here's the best part. They guarantee the release of liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. Give them a call for a free, no obligation consultation. 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or just log on to LoneStarTransfer.com.
2: Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly, D.C.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly show. Yes, I'm going to give you the horrible. I don't. I don't you, you're a bunch of sickos. I'm going to give you the horrible requested airport toilet story here in about 10 minutes from now. But look, real quick, back to just let me finish this thought on what we were talking about here, about how cold. And lacking humanity they are. Remember, people are dying all across the country. All across the country in cities, people are dying. Dying. Innocent people. You ever see those videos? One, I can't get it out of my head. I'm not going to put it on the show's Twitter or Instagram page. It's, It's too dark. But there was this man, an old, old Asian dude. I think he was 75, 80 years old. This was, if I remember right, in San Francisco, and he's just walking home, and some punk pulls over. Twenty-some-year-old kid just goes sprinting up to him and just mows him down on the concrete, like just just run, just tackles him like a linebacker. The guy died. I mean, you saw that story in New York. Dude just tossed an Asian woman in front of the subway, dead, dead. And this, this is the response. This is the headline from the New York Post. Pundits. New York City crime wave could doom progressives. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, what? People are dying. And what are they looking around thinking? Oh, do you think this could hurt us in the election? Some Asian woman just got splattered in the subway, and you're worried about your poll numbers? leave these people, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You know what, Chris? You know what we need? I'll tell you what we need right now. This is, this is something that's going to bring everybody together. It's time to bring everyone together. What we need is leadership.
5: And, and that's why I said that. Yeah. You got it? You got it? <laughs> Thank you all very much. It's going to be a beautiful day. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Hi. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Think positively.
0: Okay? Thank you. Oh, <laughs> We're in so much trouble. Oh, gosh. How much? Well, here's something else. I mean, we might be on the cusp of the end of the world. You ever ever hear this story? Have you ever dug into the story at all about the Cuban Missile Crisis? I know you know the general gist of it, but I'll tell you what. Listen to this. This is the Pentagon spokesman, Kirby. Listen to what he has to say.
5: I want
3: to provide some facts on these preparations that will reinforce our commitment to NATO and to the NATO response force and increase our readiness. Secretary Austin has placed a range of units in the United States on a heightened preparedness to deploy, which increases our readiness to provide forces if NATO should activate the NRF or if other situations develop. All told, the number of forces that the secretary has placed on heightened alert uh, comes up to about 8,500
0: personnel. 8,500 people. White House has signaled they're getting ready to start sending boots on the ground to Ukraine. You understand how dangerous this situation is? And I'm not putting down Iraq or Afghanistan at all. I'm not. But you understand, do you understand we are dealing with a major nuclear power in Russia? With a big boy military, big boy space capability, Russia may be the best in space in the world right now. Big boy stuff. Oh, did I mention? They've been getting very cozy with China and Iran. And we're going to send troops for some dump? Ukraine is a corrupt country. Completely corrupt. It is not, it's, They're not our friend. They're not our ally. They're not somebody we need to be sticking our neck out for. Just pause there for a moment. People talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis. I know you know what that is. In case you don't, maybe maybe, you're, maybe you don't know anything about it. We were in the middle of a Cold War with the Soviet Union. We had nukes. They wanted nukes. They eventually got nukes. We started building a whole bunch of nukes. They started building some nukes, but they were saying publicly, oh, we've got tons of these things. They actually did not have tons of them. They were just nervous because they couldn't keep up with our nuke building. And eventually, Cuba gets taken over by a communist named Castro. Castro was very much his own man, by the way. Eventually ended up being more of a Soviet puppet, but in the beginning really kind of rejected him, wanted to be his own guy. Long story short, the Soviets don't like that America has nukes over there in Eastern Europe, pointing right at the Soviet Union. Frankly, kind of understandable, wouldn't be appreciated. They decided they were going to return the favor. They were going to put nukes in Cuba. And they did. They started secretly putting nukes in Cuba aimed at the United States of America. Could have wiped out the eastern seaboard. That's all stuff you know. Here's something you might not know. Do you have any idea how close we came to nuclear war? Do you know that at one point in time, a Russian submarine commander ordered that his sailors on his submarine Fire a nuclear-tipped torpedo at an American destroyer who was dropping death charges over the top of him. The order was given. The commanding officer, the big cheese, go, fire this nuclear weapon. The order was given. It was resisted by the people underneath him, and eventually he was talked down. Do you know that the president of the United States of America at the time, John F. Kennedy, that he had... Powerful advisors and generals around him, like the great World War II general, Curtis LeMay, who bombed Tokyo and everywhere else. He had people like LeMay around him saying, we need to bomb and invade Cuba now, which would have prompted a nuclear response from the Soviet Union immediately. We're talking JFK sitting in a room with six advisors and three of them are saying, bomb, invade now. It's time for nuclear war. JFK, to his credit, said, no, let's make sure that's like last resort type stuff. We've been a breath away from nuclear war. And now the sabers are rattling and the president of the United States is Joe Biden. I don't know what this future is going to bring, but I'll tell you what, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I would be lying to you if I said I was anything other Been a little bit nervous. All right. We have to get to some emails. I owe you a terrible, absolutely terrible airport toilet story, and I'm, I'm offended that it has been requested again. I think the last time I told the story, I swore I was never going to tell the story again on the show, but because you're a bad person who enjoys my pain, people request the story at all times. So I'm going to tell the story again here in just a second. Oh, and don't forget the plot against the president what happened in 2016 it's not old news it's important that you know that's coming up a half hour from now now you already know obviously about my pillow pillows everybody and their brother knows about my pillow pillows the greatest freaking thing ever i mean i think everyone has one at this point in time if you haven't if you don't have one yet go get one go to mypillow.com and get one but set set that aside Mike Lindell has started expanding and expanding and expanding because he already has this reputation as a man who makes the most quality stuff out there. The stuff is just all quality. I'll tell you personally, I have mattress toppers. Wife has pajamas. I have, you name the, my pillow stuff, Giza dream sheets. We have it. He made the best slippers ever too. They're called my slippers. You can wear them inside and out. You can wear them all day long, completely comfortable the wife won't take the things off. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE once you click on the radio listener specials and that will get you 50% off, 5-0. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE gets you 50% off or call 800-845-0544. That's (laughs) 800-845-0544. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, it is time. We're only about 35, well, about 30 minutes away from talking with someone who made a film called The Plot Against the President. It is probably something you should watch. You forget what they tried to do to Donald Trump, and I don't want you, I don't want you to watch it. Let me clarify. I don't want you to watch it because you want revenge for Trump or something like that, and that's fine if you do. No, I get that. I want you to watch it so you understand the power of the administrative state and the forces against you. And so we all understand, you understand and I understand, Republicans going forward, they either address this or we're finished. All right? They address it or we're finished. I'm not going to play it for you, but you remember when Joe Biden gave away the farm to Russia in the press conference and he said, well, I mean, look, it's... Look, we'll have to see what the response is. I mean, it's one thing if it's a minor incursion. You remember when Joe Biden said that, right? I know you remember. Well, you remember what I came on the radio and said? It's a big deal that we don't have a mentally functional president of the United States of America. It's a really, really big deal. It's not a small thing. If the president can't have a private strategy meeting that's supposed to be secret with his advisors, and then stand in front of people and keep it secret, that's kind of important. The guy has, oh, I don't know, all the secrets. It's a big deal. Well, something else happened. You may have seen it. If you haven't, this is journalist Jesse, Chris. Time to break news. (laughs) Biden had some photo. It was basically a photo op. And of course, the only person pretty much ever who asks him tough questions is Peter Ducey of Fox News. You're not going to be able to really hear what Peter Ducey has here, says here. It's a whole lot of it's a lot of that in the background. What you need to know is Peter Ducey asks Joe Biden in the part you can't hear about inflation. What's the plan for inflation? Joe Biden goes on to call him a name. We're going to talk about why it's a big deal, and it ain't cause of Peter Ducey's feelings
4: that's a great asset more inflation what a stupid stumble.
0: okay yeah I, I look we had to beep it out because it's a family show remember as bad of a person as i am we do a family show always this will always be a show you can listen to with your kids um but you uh, you don't have to It doesn't take a genius to figure out what Joe Biden said. No, I'm not going to come on here and pretend outrage that the president said mean things to a reporter. I hate reporters. I say mean things to them all the time. I don't hate Peter Doocy, but I don't care. Politics is a contact sport. If you're not wanting to get called mean names, buddy, go take up landscaping. Actually, I take that back. Landscapers get complained at all the time by these suburban white women. Go do something else. If you want to be in politics, you're going to get called names. It's a big mean. It's it's contact sport. Here's what I do care about. The president of the United States of America, if you watch the video, he was sitting right in front of a microphone. He had been speaking into the microphone. He's not like in some back room uh, uh, taking a dump somewhere and thinks that his microphone's off. He's standing there in front of everyone, and yet he doesn't have the cognitive ability to stop himself from saying something he knows he shouldn't say. That matters a lot, especially if we're about to get in a hot war with Russia. By the way, a couple things. If you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. That's one. Two. On my TV show tonight. Um, you're going to want to tune into the TV show tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on the first TV app. It's different. Remember, it's an hour long TV show, so it's obviously different. It's just structured in a different way. You will enjoy tonight's and three. I have not forgotten about Medal of Honor Monday. I understand it's Medal of Honor Monday. So stop the phone calls and emails. It's coming. It's just the show got a little out of order today. It's coming. I'm going to try to get to that about. 45 minutes from now? Before the end of the hour, I'm going to get to Medal of Honor Monday, all right? I have not forgotten. It just got a little misplaced today. But I promised you this because people are writing in and the things people like. Jesse, it's time. You owe it to all of your many new listeners to tell the wonderful airport toilet story. (laughs) I don't like you guys. You know, that's not very nice. I'm this kind, giving person, and you're not very nice. So here it is. Just a brief recap. Here's what happened. Now, I don't like admitting to this part because, in my opinion, it makes me sound soft and feminine. I don't like public restrooms. Now, I am not one of these germaphobe guys. Hey, let's just elbow bump. I'm a big handshake, you know, guy. I look people in the eyes. I don't wash my hands 9,000 times a day and drown myself in hand sanitizer. But public restrooms of any kind absolutely disgust me. They disgust me. I've seen you guys go into the bathroom and then not washing your hands before you leave. I've seen, and it grosses me out. I've seen the way people treat these things. It really, really grosses me out. So, I will. I'll do two basic things. Actually, three basic things. Here's here's some helpful advice. First and foremost, if I am out and about. And it happens to be, and thankfully this obviously doesn't happen often, it happens to be an emergency situation. We're talking DEFCON 5. We got a problem here. If you're in public, the best thing to do is find a hotel and use the restaurant in the lobby. Helps if you walk in, act like you're on your cell phone and say, oh, it's Mr. Johnson here. Oh, just wait. And Where's your restroom? Hotel lobby bathrooms, notoriously clean. Hardly anyone uses them. You go up to your room, right? You go up to your room to use bathroom. That's one. Two, I'm so disgusted by public restrooms that right now uh, we're in a, gosh, 50-floor skyscraper or something like that. I took the time almost immediately after I began my show to find out which floors my security card worked on and I then went exploring, the. the, the I'm, I'm not making this up, I went exploring the 50-floor skyscraper so I could find the floor with hardly anyone or no one on it so the bathroom would be clean. You know how many times I've used this one here on this floor, all the radio studios and hosts and stuff? Zero. And it'll remain zero because we move out this week and we move into our new fancy studio next week. Now, which brings me to the final... The actual story itself. That's how much I despise public restrooms. (sighs) I was traveling through Denver and I actually don't remember at this point because this is a few years ago. I don't remember where I was going, but all I know is I was in Denver's airport. Now, I never, ever, 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 ever use airport ones. I mean, they treat airport ones worse than, they, 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 worse than people treat gas station ones or rest area ones. There's something about, well, I'm here, and I'll probably be in Beijing tomorrow, so I'll just do whatever I want to the thing. So I never go in. I don't remember the situation, whether I'd had some bud heavies the night before, it was chili dog night, or whatever. I was in the Denver airport when disaster struck. I was in a situation where I had no choice. I'm not going to elaborate. I had no choice. We're talking the one where it feels like there's a bunch of little midgets sticking knives in your stomach, right? It's, it's got to happen now. I go to the bathroom. I do notice as I'm sitting down because they're upgrading everything now to this. The toilets are the motion sensor toilets. You're clear on that? Motion sensor toilets. That's going to come into play here in a second. I have a seat. I'll skip all the finer details of everything. You really don't need to hear that in your life. And almost immediately when I move just a little, and I don't mean a lot. I'm not getting up to buckle up and take off. When I just kind of move, I'm sure I was uncomfortable or something, in the seat, the toilet flushes. Not only does the toilet flush with me sitting on it, But it's one of those toilets, uh, there, there was something wrong on the settings or something, it flushed so hard, it sounded like I was getting sucked down into the center of the earth, and the water was starting to splash up out of the toilet as it flushed. Okay, now this is me, public restroom hating guy. In this moment right now, if I had the choice to continue sitting there or dive into a live volcano, it would be a difficult decision, all right? However, I do have to finish up, and it turns out the toilet I'm sitting on is one of these that flushes. Again, there was something wrong with the setting. Anytime it senses any movement, it flushes, and the flush is extreme. And I had to sit there finishing up through, I don't remember the number, four or five of these flushies, flushes before I eventually emerged a broken man, broken forever. People ask me if I have PTSD. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have PTSD about Denver's airport there. That's the story. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. We will finally take some phone calls tonight. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. I will get to Medal of honor Monday, about 30 minutes from now. But first, are you going to call me on your pure talk phone? Or are you going to call me on Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? I'm not judging if you had one of those other companies because I've had all three. I have no right to point any fingers at you. But I will say this. That money you send them every month, you know what they take your money and do with it, right? You know they have these gigantic corporate board meetings and they talk about taking your money and making TV commercials and radio commercials that are vile filth. Or you could switch to Pure Talk. It's easy. From your cell phone, just dial pound 250 right now and say, Jesse Kelly. It's all done on the phone and by mail. American customer service. An America-loving country. Their CEO's a Vietnam veteran. Oh, and did I mention? You'll save a fortune. Average family saves over $800 a year. From your cell phone, dial pound 250. That's pound 250 and say, Jesse Kelly.
2: He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly show, and I will get to your phone calls here in a minute. 877-377-4373. No, you didn't miss Medal of Honor Monday. I know we normally do it about 20 minutes ago. We're doing it about 20 minutes from now. That's not going to be a normal thing, but tonight that's just the way that had to work out. I'll get to your calls here in just a second. It is funny. All this Russia-Ukraine stuff, this is what our president sounds like now. So I think what you're going to see is that it, Russia will be held accountable if
4: it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion
0: and then we end up
4: having to fight about what to do
0: and not do, etc., Hmm. That's Joe Biden in 2022. That is funny because I distinctly remember this Joe Biden back in 2019. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States,
4: his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. When I'm president, things are going to change.
0: Well, this is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> all right. A couple of emails that I'll get to your phone calls. 8773774373. My 19 year old son is in Marine Corps boot camp in San Diego right now. Oh, that sucks. He will be doing the crucible next week. Is it really all that? Do I worry about him? Or is it no worse than what he's already gone through? Did you have a top bunk? I can imagine you sitting on the top bunk and having your freakishly long legs reach the bunk below and drive the recruit below. You nuts. <laughs> she says I can use her name. Her name is Jill. All right. For those who don't know, at the end of Marine Corps boot camp, there's this final thing. If I remember right, I'm going to mess up some details on this. That's fine. People will correct me. If I remember right, it's five days. It's five days, four or five days. I think it's 50 miles, 50 or 60 miles of humping through the hills in San Diego, but you're not just walking around. It's all these different scenarios uh, of every different kind. How could I, well, here's, here's a great example. One of them is all right, picture a log, right? There's a log. Now I want you to picture a log pyramid. The logs are spread out from each other, and they're going up. A log, a log triangle, for lack of There's just logs building up to a peak, and then they go down the other side. Make sense? We were given a bunch of dummies, 150-pound dummies, and a bunch of ammo crates. And these dummies and ammo crates had to be transported from one side at the bottom over the top and to the other side. And you're in groups, you know, I forget how big the groups are. They were not big groups, four or five of them. Oh, and did I mention they don't hardly give you any food for this four or five days. So you're starving, you're exhausted, you have to think and you have to do all that. And at the end of it, you have to go up this very steep hill. And it is a family show, so I'm not going to say the name given to this steep hill. Just know that it's called Mount Mother, and then you can use your imagination on the end of it. You don't have any food left. You're exhausted if you make it to the top, that's where they have the ceremony where they hand you the, the – it's, it's called the Eagle Globe and Anchor. It's the Marine Corps symbol. You can probably picture it in your mind no matter what that's, that's what. that's what happens at the end of the crucible. The answer to your question is this. Your 19-year-old son already made it through three months of Marine Corps boot camp. Is he going to have a tough go of it over the next four or five days? Yep. He's going to be hungry and tired and miserable. He's going to be just fine. And even if something goes wrong, here's what can go wrong in the crucible because you're so tired and some of the obstacles are dangerous. You can hurt yourself, but it's it's I've never seen it serious. I mean, it's the worst I've seen is, you know, a broken leg or a cracked wrist or something like that. Your boy's gonna be fine. All right. He's gonna be just fine. Don't worry about it. He still has a bunch of tough Marines watching him. He'll be just fine. All right alright seven seven four three seven three. Remember, about five minutes from now, someone's going to tell us about the plot against the president. Diane in Brooklyn, go.
6: Okay, please listen to this, because this will cure any problem you have with public toilets. Okay. Or other, or other toilets, any toilet. Okay, okay. Um, I'm an artist, and I used to work at fairs. So I'm at this 13-day fair in Massachusetts. The Big E, right? Years ago, and I am totally black because for a week, <laughs> this is twelve days there, I, I am eating junk food, and I am constipated up to the top of my head. <laughs> my, uh, this other artist told me she used to have a uh, 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 she used to have a friend, and she would always find little footprints on the toilet seat. So, because this friend came from from a third war country, I tried it. You stand on the toilet seat, you squat, and everything from the year one comes out of you. And I'll tell you something, your bottom doesn't touch the toilet. It's amazing. It will cure any kind of constipation. And I used to have my kids do it when we went to a public toilet because I didn't want them sitting on it. And it's amazing and it works.
0: Diane? Are you still on the line, Diane? Yeah. I <laughs> am six foot eight. Do you have any idea how long really? my legs are, Diane? Yeah,
6: but you're squatting.
0: Yes, yes, but you want me at six foot eight to climb on top of a toilet like a spider monkey and squat on top of it? It works. It's... <laughs> I love you guys so much. Olga and San Diego, go
5: hi jesse thank you so much for taking my call thank you for being a spokesperson for many of us i try to listen to your show every day and my husband is a former marine and we've got our marine corps flag on our flagpole and our american flag anyway i am calling because my parents uh... were born and raised in ukraine i am of course ukrainian i am just wondering if your radio listeners or you even know that in nineteen ninety four ukraine had the biggest or third largest arsenal of nuclear weapons. In fact, if you combine Britain, France, and China combined, they still had more weapons. However, in that same year, 1994, United States, England, and Russia made a commitment to Ukraine that it, it's called, and they signed the Budapest Memoranda. And what that did, they agreed that if Ukraine would get rid of their arsenal, which they did do, that these three countries pledged to respect Ukraine's sovereignty and their territorial integrity, and they would not uh, abstain from economic coercion, and they would not threaten or use...
0: Sorry, Olga, we are out of time there. We got to rapid fire through these things a little bit faster. We're going to find out about the administrative state. You want to hear something scary? You're about to. Buckle up. It is the Jesse Kelly show and prepare to be creeped out because I officially am now the director of the movie, the plot against the president joins me now. My friend, Amanda Milius, she's also, or was the deputy assistant secretary at Trump's state department. Amanda, how's it humanly possible for the federal government to go after only one party? How did we get here?
7: Uh, How did we get here? Because the Republicans were asleep at the switch uh, for the last 50 years. Um, I don't know how. uh, I'm going to just include a handful of generations in this uh, mix. But how it became, i I, I, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought it would be our job to fix this. Like, you have this imagination when you're younger that there's this, like, Group of elders that are, like, looking out for the country and, like, looking out for its best interests. And even if you want to think in, in two-party politics that there's such a thing on the Republican side. And then you get into Washington and you realize there's no one else. There's no – there's no there, – no one's coming to help. This is it. Like, the, it's just – it's – yeah, I mean, how we got here is just uh, – the Republicans have just been playing an incremental game. They've just been, uh, they've just been allowing the left to win by increments and uh, talking about tax policy. And, and until Donald Trump, nothing changed.
0: I get the impression hearing you talk about it that you walked into the State Department and, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, and you were almost a little taken aback at how surrounded you were by people within the State Department who did not agree with you at all.
7: Well, I was actually prepared for that. What I was for the for the career element of it, because I'd been a little bit of a foreign policy like hobbyist, if you can imagine, like a more nerdy human being. But like (laughs) I was sort of follow, you know, I I didn't go to some special school. I don't have some special degree in foreign policy. But after having spent three years at the State Department, I realized that that's to my benefit. Um, because I can actually sort of see clearly uh, and interacting with all these different think tanks that are supposed to have these great insights into foreign policy as we see ourselves on the eve uh, of the new Cold War um, or potentially hot war. Um, uh, But, uh, no, I wasn't surprised. I knew that the State Department was going to be the most reluctant. And I knew that just by studying what happened during the Reagan administration uh, you know how they had to make Bush the, the VP. Then they almost killed him halfway through. And lo and behold, after they almost kill him, the second term, uh, the second half of Reagan's admin, all foreign policy is basically handed over to Bush, which is where you get all of the, um, you know, the little shenanigans, the Iran-Contra mess and everything else um, but, uh, you know, not to like lionize Reagan any further because there's some issues there. But, look, if you study history, you kind of see this stuff. Foreign policy is the one thing that the blob, the they, you know, you don't really know where that security state doesn't want to let go. Um, Why? It's, uh, because this is where they make all their money. <laughs> because it turns out that's where the gravy train is the gravy train, as it turns out, is not in stopping immigration there's a whole other domestic gravy train into keeping the immigration flowing which you know don't get me started on the ag lobby but uh, to keep it on foreign policy um yes i knew there was going to be a lot of opposition um i'd obviously watched the um creation of the jcpoa and uh a lot of the mid-east policies out of the obama years uh horrified as many people were um, and I knew I was walking into the same room with the exact same people that had previously drafted all, all of those policies. And I was pleased to be able to be amongst a group of people that walked in and said, like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Like, this is what we're doing. The thing that surprised me was that there was going to be so many political appointees that were also going – to go in line with the careers they were also going to throw a fit about doing the president's agenda that's what threw me i i was naive in thinking that okay if there's a if there's a trump political appointee you know like my first year i'd be like okay so they're they're like i i'd never even been to dc and since since i was a child like i didn't know anything about politics exactly but um i was like okay they're one of us like you know you can reach out to these people they'll help you get things done no, not the case for all of them. You had to really get to know somebody before you could figure out if they were on the right side.
0: Okay, so speaking with Amanda Amelia, she obviously was the Deputy Assist- Assistant Secretary at Trump's State Department. She also directed the movie The Plot Against the President. Amanda, what it sounds like you're describing is an administrative state that is completely beholden to the powers that be in Washington and completely hostile to the things the American people actually care about. Did I uh, did I overinflate that?
7: No. I mean, in, in fact, what I would say is they are the administrative state and they are the powers that be. The administrative state as a whole is the power that that is. Um, you see people like Fauci rise out of that, right? Like the ultimate bureaucrat. Um, They have that all over State Department. And the thing is, is that we didn't do, in my opinion, enough to stop it. I mean, we made one of the most um, Europhile, uh, uh, Atlantic Council loving, you know, totally not our guy um, uh, career bureaucrat as the head of essentially the regional bureaus. That was a very important decision. Again, this is getting a little wonky, but like that was a really important position. And Mike Pompeo had no problem making, you know, uh, promoting these careers who were absolutely just trying to undo. If we would tie a knot, we would turn around and they would untie the knot. And, and, And our people had no problem promoting these people and keeping them going. And in fact, if you as a political were to get into it with any of these people on the side of, Hey, the president said, we're doing X. Why are we doing Y? You would be the one who'd get pulled aside and said, listen, we don't want any bad stories. We don't want any, we don't want to rock the boat. Why are you doing this? Like you need to like, you know, like that was what was shocking is, is the amount of fear that people like our cabinet secretaries had of a bad press story i mean they were literally sitting there shaking worried about what the press was going to say about them instead of doing the policy that the president insisted on
0: what a shock we have a complete lack of guts and all right amanda answer me this then finally what you're describing to me sounds like a tangled web and the roots sound awfully, awfully deep. So why am I, I don't want to sound like a cynic, why am I supposed to be hopeful about, oh, we'll have everything by 2024 when that administrative state is only going to be swampier by the time someone else rolls into town?
7: Uh, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'll make you feel 10 times worse about it than you already feel. Like, I will pill anybody on that. Like, I, I... I don't see any leaders of the Republican Party coming out with a coherent strategy to undo the administrative state. I don't even see um, any major leaders coming out um, to uh, address people being able to be confident in our elections. Let's just put it that way. Um, I'm not seeing a lot out of 2024 leadership right now like that i can get excited about um i think there's a lot of younger and like there's a new freshman class that i hope comes into congress and to the senate now that i'm excited about because that is actually going to be extremely powerful and extremely important so i'm i'm feeling positive there but uh yeah I know certain people who are working on a plan because everything we've learned, I mean, this is incredible institutional knowledge that should be hung on to um, as far as the administrative state and how to work around it and how to dismantle it. Um, but it's not something that was going to be done in four years, especially when half the administration was, was working with these people, well,
6: you um, know,
7: on purpose, just to get just, just to get to pad their resumes. I mean, I suppose I'm lucky because, I'm someone who always assumed that a, I would never work in government, and b, whatever I did, I probably wouldn't need, you know, um, like a very traditional resume to do it. So I'm not sitting there trying to uh, to add to it with various councils and uh, and. Uh, think tanks and
0: all that, but um, it's,
7: it's yeah, I, I, it's kind of dark. I gotta nope. uh, sort of agree with you. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how to make you feel better. <laughs> no, dude. that's
0: I, fine. We want the truth, even hard truths on this show. Amanda Milius, my friend, thank you so much. I appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Didn't I tell you that would be an eye-opening interview? It is, it is something, this administrative state out there. And here's something else eye-opening for you. How many stories do we talk about Someone gets held up at gunpoint. Someone gets stabbed. Someone gets shot. And I know you might be hesitant to get something to protect yourself with. I'm about to make your life easier. Even if you are one of these guys who has a million weapons, or maybe you don't have anything, get a hero gun. Get a hero gun. Hero gun, it is a non-lethal gun. It shoots these projectiles 100 miles per hour. They sting when they hit, and when they hit, it explodes in this chemical pepper irritant that is a million times stronger than pe- than just pepper spray. It's debilitating. It takes no effort to learn how to use it. It's got a laser sight on it. You're not going to miss. Just point and squeeze. You don't need a concealed carry permit. If you want to protect yourself or you want something additional to help protect yourself, go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE for a special discount. Hero2020.com, code JESSE jesse the jesse kelly show on air and online at jesse kelly it is the jesse kelly show and we'll get back to your calls your emails the stories everything else here in just a couple minutes remember you can email the show anything you want Jesse at jessikellyshow.com or you can call 877-377-4373. Every single Monday, though, we do something called Medal of Honor Monday on this show. We normally do it about 50 minutes ago, but we're doing it now. Tonight, it's a long story. I'm not going into it. We do Medal of Honor Monday for you new listeners because, because the only way for these men and their deeds to live on, for lack of a better way to put it. Is for us to hear it and read about it. It's not enough to know all these citations exist and these men existed. We have to read about it. We have to read it to our kids. We have to read them to each other. We have to let people know these are the type of men you want to be, not the latest actor or athlete or YouTube star. These are the type of people you want to be. And we love, we love, love, love when you you email in personal connections to it, and we have an email here. Good day. I enjoy listening to your Medal of Honor Mondays very much. These heroes need a voice. My grandfather, Colonel Van Thomas Barfoot Medal of Honor recipient, would approve of everything except for being a, called a winner of the medal. <laughs> he used to get angry when someone would say they won the medal. He wasn't playing a game, and he doesn't win. And didn't win that. Received was an honor, not won. I don't mean to sound like a liberal name identity guy, sir, and my apologies if that is how this is reading, as what you're doing is very much appreciated. It is a lesson he taught me, and I hope to pass it on. These men are our nation's true heroes. Many kind regards, and thank you, sir. No, I didn't take that as insulting at all. Totally get it. Anyway, without further ado, let's find out about the man. Ready, aim,
2: Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday.
0: for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty on the 23rd of May 1944 near Carano, Italy. With his platoon heavily engaged during an assault against forces well entrenched on commanding ground, 2nd Lieutenant Barfoot, then Tech Sergeant, moved off alone upon the enemy left flank. He crawled to the proximity of one machine gun nest and made a direct hit on it with a hand grenade, killing two and wounding three Germans. He continued along the German defense line to another machine gun emplacement and his Tommy gun killed two and captured three soldiers. Members of another enemy machine gun crew then abandoned their position and gave themselves up to Sergeant Barfoot. Leaving the prisoners for his support squad to pick up, He proceeded to mop up positions in the immediate area, capturing more prisoners, bringing his total count to 17. Later that day, after he had reorganized his men and consolidated the newly captured ground, the enemy launched a fierce armored counterattack directly at his platoon positions. Securing a bazooka, Sergeant Barfoot took up an exposed position directly in front of three advancing Mark VI tanks from a distance of 75 yards his first shot destroyed the track of the leading tank, effectively disabling it, while the other two changed directions toward the flank. As the crew of the disabled tank dismounted, Sergeant Barfoot killed three of them with his Tommy gun. Good grief. He continued onward into enemy terrain and destroyed a recently abandoned German position. Sergeant Barfoot, though greatly fatigued by his Herculean efforts, assisted two of his seriously wounded men 1,700 yards to a position of safety. Sergeant Barfoot's extraordinary heroism, demonstration of magnificent valor, and aggressive determination in the face, face of point-blank fire are a perpetual inspiration to his fellow soldiers. That is a full-grown man right there. Tag on. Tag on. That is awesome. If he's not killing him, he's taking him captive. Hey, give me your bazooka. There's a tank here. Gosh, that's awesome. Hey, Jesse, I didn't serve in the military, but I had this strange fascination with MREs. I've watched dozens of YouTube videos of people showing and eating MREs from around the world. Because you're such a food critic, I'd love to hear about your experience with MREs. Did you like any of them? Did you make any unique concoctions to spruce them up? I have the lamest answer ever. Uh, One, if you're curious about them, just go get them. It's not like they don't sell them. They sell them all over the place now. You can go get the same ones the Marines are eating out there. Two, you're oftentimes so hungry when you're in there because you're working so hard and you're doing so much physically that really anything tastes good. Anything tastes good. And when you get to a place where virtually everything you're doing in a given day is miserable. And I'm not I'm not complaining. It's just that's that's the life, you know, infantry life, that's the way it is. When you're in it when you're in a situation where virtually everything's miserable in a given day, chow time, meal time. Becomes a special thing because it's the only time of the day you're not doing something crappy. So, I don't think, I don't think I'm the one to ask because I ate a ton of them and I thought they were fantastic. And but if you put one in front of me now, I mean, I'd probably say, "What is this? This is no Red Lobster." What, Chris? That's what. Look, and the answer is yes. We came up with a million different concoctions. You would learn how to trade what, who in your platoon, who liked what. Hey, I've got, I got the cheese spread. I don't like the cheese spread, but my buddy got this spread. He likes this one better. So you, you automatically start swapping these things out with other, other people and you find out, okay, the spaghetti they give us, it's kind of gross. It helps if you crunch up some crackers and put it in it. You know what? Put a little of the cheese in there. Believe me, you, you'll find a way to get around it. One and two, this is why I am now obsessed with hot sauce. I eat hot sauce on almost everything now. I never touched a drop of hot sauce in my life prior to the Marine Corps. But you learn. You just learn. As you can imagine, uh, No matter, even if we had to hump all our gear out there, I would still hump a bottle of hot sauce or someone else in the platoon would. And everyone would know. The guy who had the hot sauce. Hey, buddy, hey, Johnson, you got the sauce? And th- that was just what it was. And now I'm obsessed with it. I have just bottles and bottles and bottles of the stuff. I'm obsessed with it. I eat it on my pizza. Highly underrated, I should note. Drizzle some hot sauce over your pizza. Just kind of drip it around there. You will not be disappointed. All right. There's something interesting going on with Joe Biden. I'm about to make a prediction here about Joe Biden's political future. And it's going to be a totally out there prediction. But you're going to have to wait on that cuz first we have to talk about this. Your home and how bad it stinks. Now, I'm not criticizing your home. I know you keep a, I know you keep a clean home. But if people were honest with you when they walk in your home, they are hit with an odor. It's just human nature. You have things that soak into your carpet, they soak into your paint, they soak into the ceiling. Doesn't just have to be, you know, cigarettes. We're talking pets, cooking, body odors. You know, Eden Pure Thunderstorm will make your home odor-free. It really is incredible. People think I'm kidding, and then they email me. Oh, my gosh, you weren't kidding. They have a three-pack on sale right now for my listeners. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you can use the code JESSE3, that's Jesse and the number three, and save $200. EdenPureDeals.com, the code is JESSE3. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We will get to my my outside-the-box Joe Biden prediction. I don't know about outside-the-box, but I have a Joe Biden prediction to make here in just a second. We want to get a couple things over first and foremost. First, we need to go to America's most prestigious, celebrated medical mind for his thoughts on, well, Kids.
6: There are some schools who are removing the mask mandate. So are those kids safe? Is it safe to send your kids back to school without masks?
3: Well, Martha, as we know, the CDC strongly recommends that when you're in a situation in the school, we want to get the children back to school. And the way you do that, you do it by multiple things that you do. You surround the children with people who are vaccinated. For the children who are eligible to be vaccinated, get them vaccinated and provide in the school Masks where you can have children protected, as well as ventilation to make sure that you can get a respiratory infection at its lowest level of infectivity.
0: I just want to I want to make sure I understand because this is this is the guy who has controlled America's response to coronavirus. You want to make sure kids are around people who are vaccinated, but vaccinated people get and spread coronavirus. And we know that now. Even the CDC admits that. So why would it matter for kids whether someone is vaccinated or not vaccinated? I mean, I don't want to step in and play journalist here, but I'm just very, very curious. If vaccinated people get and spread coronavirus, why does it matter if anyone else on the planet is vaccinated but you? Anyone? Anyone? Chris, if you wouldn't mind, would you also play uh, one more, just one more from Fauci tonight? We have a bunch of other stuff to get to. Would you play number 12 for me, please, Chris? What about the next booster shot?
6: For a substantial part of the population, they're now moving into the fifth month of their booster. So does it lose its effectiveness, and how soon should they get another one?
3: Well, the answer, Margaret, honestly, is that we don't know, because we don't know the durability of protection from the third shot boost of an mRNA, certainly you are going to see the antibody levels go down. But there's an element of the immune response. It is quite conceivable, and I hope it's true, that the third shot boost will give a much greater durability of protection. We're following that very carefully. You are going to see breakthrough infections, as we've seen now, even in boosted people. But for the very most part, they're mild or even asymptomatic. We may need to boost again. That's entirely
0: conceivable. Why do we have to keep taking something that doesn't work? I mean, look, I'm, all right, again, I'm not pointing any fingers. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. I don't care. It's your personal decision. If this is working so well, why do we have to keep taking it? Okay, take uh, – remember, it was two shots. It was the normal two shots. Everything will get back to normal. And then it was, oh, ugh, you know – my bad. Don't know how I missed this one. I'm probably going to need you to boost because those first two shots, they they kind of run out after about six months. Maybe, remember that even ran in the L.A. Times? L.A. Times runs an article saying, well, the effectiveness of the vaccine goes away about six months. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's all get the booster. Everyone's getting a booster shot. Now everyone keeps getting sick. Why is the solution to keep doing all the things that haven't worked? I hate to bring up old stuff. Why is that the solution? All right, let's get to some emails before I get to my Biden prediction. Jesse was listening to old podcasts and discovered the Jesse Kelly brief. Best belly laugh, bend over laughing. My stomach hurts from laughing so much. Aubrey is both a dime and a saint. I she didn't say I could say your name. All right, for those, let's see, most people are going to have no idea what this lady's talking about. You remember I told you I've only been doing this for a few years. I've had normal jobs the rest of my life. Construction and RV sales and Marine Corps. And just It's just a normal life. When I quit my job as a sales manager at an RV dealership a few years ago, and I launched into an attempt at some kind of a media career, I didn't have any kind of a career waiting. There was no radio show. There was no TV show. Remember my TV show's on the first TV again tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. There was was nothing, and I wasn't sure what to do. So I sat down with my friend, Michael Berry, who was freaking out because I quit. He's like, you're crazy. I can't believe you quit, and we came up with an idea. We would just sit on his back porch and have a couple bourbons and smoke some cigars, and we we came up with this idea. It was Jesse Kelly Brief. They're still on YouTube if you want to go see them, and the concept we came up with was this. I would simply sit down. I would face the camera. The camera was my iPhone. I'm not even joking. The camera was my iPhone. For background music, I'm not making this up. I didn't even have a portable speaker. So if you hear music in the background when I play this for you, understand the only music I had at the time was music that I had downloaded on my laptop from years ago. So I was playing on the laptop speakers. What, Chris? Behind me, there was a board, like one of those punch boards, pin boards, and I drew four like bad drawings or something on there, or a couple words, and my handwriting is horrific, horrific. And so any paper ripping you here, it's me. I would turn around, and I'd rip the subject off the board, and then I'd read it, and then react, and then toss the paper. At the end of the video, you will hear a timer. There was a two-minute timer behind me. The Jesse Kelly brief was only two minutes long, hence the double meaning of the word Jesse Kelly brief. It was only two minutes. I couldn't see when the timer was up. So I don't know if we're going to play you the end of one, but if you hear a beep, I don't know when the beep is coming. Oh, and one last thing we came up with for the timer. If you look at the video, the timer is crooked. It's crooked on purpose. We did it just to troll people and drive people crazy, and it drove people nuts. It drove the wife nuts. Hey, your, your timer's crooked. You can't straighten out the timer. I mean, people with OCD couldn't handle it. But this is the garbage that was Jesse Kelly brief and because of this, this is actually the reason I was given a radio show and TV both came from this. You never know who's watching trouble in New York. Apparently that governor Cuomo was going up against that uh, lesbian lady from the HBO series. They've got a debate coming up and the lady wants the temperature of the debate to be 76 degrees. I guess Cuomo likes it really, really cold in there. It's important for everybody to remember, the warmest person in any office or home controls the temperature. You can always put on a sweater, put on some wool socks. I can only get so naked. Also, this is mainly for women. I realize you have the circulation of a vampire. Do something to increase your blood pressure. Serious topic here, Uh, Cardinal Kupich, the Pope's representative apparently, when asked about the miserable child abuse scandals said, and I quote, the Pope has a bigger agenda. He's got to get on to other things like talking about the environment, protecting migrants, and carrying on the work of the church. We are not going down this rabbit hole. I am not going to take a strong stance on this one way or the other except to say I hope everybody who hurt a child dies. <laughs> yes. That was Jesse Kelly. Do you hear how bad it sounded? I'm almost embarrassed. Watch, Chris. We're going to get phone calls about how bad that sounded on national radio. <laughs> it was just crap. Oh, that, that, that leads me to this, and then I'll get into my Biden prediction. We get all kinds of emails of people like, hey, I want want to start a podcast or I want to do a TV or whatever. What should I do? What should I do? I don't have any idea, but I will say this. I'm not some expert who knows what I'm doing. It's easy to put out content now. If this was 1990, I mean, life's a lot harder. How do you even get a video in someone's hand? Look, can I mail you an audition tape? I mean, how do you even do that Today? The phone, the hopefully pure talk phone you're holding in your hand, it can take any video you want. High-quality videos, too. And that was an old phone. I, I could take something way better today on this, on this one. You have the ability to put content online now. If that's your thing, if that's something you desire to do, put it out there. There's a lot of crap out there. You never know. You might be good at it. All right. Back to my Biden prediction. The Democratic Party is going to force Joe Biden into retirement. Write this down, Chris. The Democratic Party is going to force Joe Biden into retirement and, and I'm going to be, this is crazy. The Democratic Party is going to force Joe Biden into retirement before the midterm election. And let me tell you why. why I think that. Headline here. This is from Beto O'Rourke. In case you don't know, he ran for Senate in Texas. He's a big loser. He's running for, was he running for governor? Now he's going to get killed. I'm not interested. Democrat gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke tells Joe Biden to stay away. Now, w- w- how could I go from Beto O'Rourke to Joe Biden being forced into retirement? I'll tell you what, I will explain what I mean in just a second. And I'll take some phone calls 877 377 4373. By the way, I meant what I said about the whole Pure Talk thing. You spend money every single month on your mobile phone. Where is your money going? And I have, I look, I have funded enough garbage at Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile. I've had all three of them. So I'm guiltier than anyone else who walked the planet. Where is your money going every single month? It could be going to pure talk. Oh, and you're not sacrificing anything. They're they're on the exact same network as one of those big guys. You're going to save a fortune. Average family saves over 800 bucks a year. You can keep your phone if you want, or get a new one. They have new ones. You can keep your number, no problem, or get a new one. They, they have those too. It's cake. Oh, and customer service, all here in America. Customer service, you get to talk to an American. From your cell phone right now, dial pound 250, that's pound 250, and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Is he smarter than everyone?
2: <laughs> Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse
0: Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I told you it was going to be a fun show tonight. All right, here's, here's why I made my prediction. And I realized this one has, to be, has the potential to absolutely crash and burn. My prediction was, in case you missed it, I think Democrats will remove Joe Biden from office, and I think they'll do it before the midterms. Chris, you better be writing this one down, because if I turn out to be right, I'm going to be the most obnoxious person. you think I refer to myself as the oracle a lot now? I, I, I may change my driver's license, Chris. I might. <laughs> I might. I might. But hear me out. This is what I'm thinking. What we're seeing right now is historic Joe Biden is historically unpopular. Historically unpopular. Here's what the system went through. We're going to look at it from their point of view. Because this is I, I went through. Look, I went through a process to get here, and this is this is my process. If I'm looking at it from the system's point of view, you remember the system is the administrative state entire Democratic Party, 75% of the Republican Party, athletes, actors, professors, the corporate world, they're all against you now. They all hate you. They all hate your values. They're trying to stomp you into the ground so they can do whatever they want to you. The system, they hated Donald Trump, but more than anything else, the system was shocked that Donald Trump got there. That's really what you saw. The response to Trump was, it was a, wait, what? We just had Obama and that it was supposed to be Hillary. She was up in all the polls and who would vote for that bombastic person? Trump, why is he? Oh my gosh, what's he doing here? It was like a shock. It was was a four-year shock that they hadn't been given the person they wanted. And that's why they react so nastily. That's why they were so nasty to Trump. So nasty. Impeached him twice. Russian collusion investigation supervised by his own useless AG. I mean, the, the whole thing. Then 2020 comes along and the system. Whew, all right. Look, we uh, <coughs> fortified the election. We, we made sure we got big tech involved. That's enough of that's enough of letting the right use the Internet. We got big tech involved. But we made sure the guy won who we wanted run, who we wanted to win. Thank goodness. Now look back to the guy we want. Back to everything being the status quo in normal. Let's just we should be good now. We finally got rid of that Trump anomaly stuff. Now we're good with Joe Biden. I mean, look, it's fine. And then Joe Biden is, well, he's the worst. After one year, Joe Biden has been president for one year. After one year, Joe Biden is as unpopular as any president. I think you could make the argument any president in the history of America after the first year. Now, other presidents have been less popular at points in their presidency. In the first year, you're in the honeymoon phase. This is You're supposed to still be the bell of the ball. It takes you another few years before you're so old news that you're just a pariah. Joe Biden is already so unpopular these two things have now happened in just the past couple weeks. Stacey Abrams, that Democrat activist nut job who's a major power player in Georgia. She is running to be Georgia's governor. Joe Biden and Dome Harris. They both flew into Georgia for an event. If you're a candidate for governor, Congress, Senate, anything, and the president of the United States of America from your party comes into your area and says, Hey, Chris, I see you're running for Congress here in Texas. We'd love to do an event for you. Uh, the answer is not only yes, you probably pass out first from excitement on the phone. Then you pick up the phone and say yes. Then you pick up the phone and call your wife and say, honey, oh my gosh, you're not going to. It's that big of a deal. It's something you dream of. Joe Biden and Dome Harris came to Georgia and Stacey Abrams said, oh gosh, I would love to have made it. Honestly, I would have. I just, if I had known I had something else scheduled, she told him there was a scheduling conflict and didn't show up. That's one, two, Beto O'Rourke running for Senate here in Texas. Now let's not act like Beto O'Rourke is some middle of the roader. He ran against Ted Cruz, came very close to beating Ted Cruz, and he ran as a hard left candidate. He's not some guy who's trying to look moderate here. Hard left candidate. He just told Joe Biden, Ah, really? Uh, no thanks. i I've, Ooh, you want to visit? Eech, no. I'm. I'm. But he didn't even give the excuse of I have an event. I don't want you at. Better O'Rourke just flat out said, I don't want you here. Don't come. What does this mean? How am I getting done? T- what does all this mean? Why would Joe Biden be be kicked out then before the midterms? The system right now, the tech billionaires, Amazon, Bill Gates, Nancy Pelosi, the system, the real powers that be who run this country. They're not just going to sit back and just accept the Democratic Party getting slaughtered in the midterms worse than any party ever has in the history of midterm elections. And that's, that's the, that's the trajectory they're on right now. They're heading that way. The worst midterm beating ever. That's what the poll numbers look like right now. The system's not just going to sit back and take that. They don't have any loyalty to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a half functional old man puppet who does what he's told. These people do have the power to walk in and say, Hey, Joe, how's Delaware sound? We'll get you fixed up. Don't worry, we got a couple cushy jobs waiting for your son. Uh, As always, we'll make sure you're taken care of, Joe. You know, 10% for the big guy. But, Joe, you're just too unpopular, and it's time for us to try to mitigate our losses here. We need you to retire. That's my prediction. Joe Biden is going to retire before the midterms. They're going to force him to retire before the midterms. Don't, don't get me wrong. It'll sound very on, on the up and up. All oh, health problems. Uh, the doctor detected something in his heart. He's just got to step away for the good of America. It'll be, it'll be that kind of thing. As always, Joe Biden is going to go away. I'm telling you, he is. These are not people who just give back power. All right? Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. There's my crazy prediction. I'll get to some calls, some emails, and we have to talk about naps. Maybe even Nancy Pelosi. Hang on. I had half a can of bean dip on Saturday night. No, look, I'm going to get, look, I'm going to get, I'll get back to the Biden stuff and your phone calls and your emails in a second. I just have to get this off my chest. Okay. You know, I have impulse control problems. Everyone, everyone knows this by now. I have, I have bad impulse control problems. It's Saturday night. The wife was tired. So she crashed early, put the boys to bed. I'm sitting up. Couple butt heavies. Reading a book, and I decide about ten thirty. I mean, it wasn't crazy. But about ten thirty, I just said, okay, this is ridiculous. We gotta get. We got stuff to do tomorrow: chores, church, all that work. I gotta go to bed. I start walking to bed, and like I'm some kind of teenager again. I look out to the kitchen and I think, wow. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to take a peek at the cupboard real quick. I mean, the, the worst thing in the world for you, right? Eat at ten thirty at night. Open up the pantry. And there, sitting there, is a full bag of nacho cheese Doritos, and it turns out the wife had gotten me a can of the the Frito Lay hot bean dip. I don't know if you've ever had that. You've had that, right, Chris? Half the can was gone before I was done. Half the can, Chris. I'm sorry. Okay, it was fantastic. And you know what? You know what? I woke up. I just felt disgusting going to bed. I mean, I felt like I'd been through a a, a pig sty. I felt that bad about myself going to bed. But then I woke up and thought, man, that was awesome last night. It was awesome. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three van in Mississippi. Go.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you, sir for taking my call. I really love your personality. It's great for the show. And I'd also love hearing you mention about how crooked our mayors and governors are. The earlier, the earlier in the show. And uh, from across this coast, the southern coast here, these these mayors are all in a fix. They can't stop these drugs from coming in here because they do. The cartel will kill them all. And it's unbelievable that the drugs are coming across that border out there in Texas and Arizona. And uh, they're bringing people, a lot of people across too, kids and stuff. I know for a fact because I got friends and family from across this southern coast and I was real proud of hearing you mention how crooked they all are. And that's a big problem in this country. And you first one I've heard mentioned, and
0: thank you very much, sir. Let me tell you something right now. People think about corruption in politics, they automatically go to the president or senators or congressmen, and we all have the same image in our head, don't we? We all have the same image of, I'm sure the congressman I hate, I'm sure right now he's meeting with some some sleazy lobbyist somewhere, and the lobbyist has a has a briefcase. It's always a it's always a briefcase. He has a briefcase underneath the table, and he's just going to kind of slide that briefcase over to Congressman so and so, and he's going to take it, and it's going to be full of cash. Oh, and drugs, cash and drugs. It's, that look, that, I'm I'm laughing because I do the same thing. We all have that same image in our head. That's not necessarily how the fraud works and corruption works in Washington D.C. Honestly, most of these people. What they get are stock tips. What they get are things that oh hey administration's going to do this, Congress might pass that. Oh okay, I think I'll sell all my stock, or I think I'll buy this stock, which is totally crooked and illegal and wrong. But that's where so much of that corruption comes from. Or the corruption comes like this. No 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 Congressman, it's we don't need you. We're not going to pay you any money to vote for this uh, massive defense bill. We're not gonna we're not gonna pay you for that. But we look. We want you to know as a defense contractor, you're going to have a place on our board the second you retire. And then you retire and you make $500,000 a year going to five meetings a year on a board. That's how this works. I find it fascinating now that I talk to more people with money, how much money just begets money and people just make money doing nothing. I brought up the board thing. You realize how common this thing is? They'll have people because they have some influence. Just come sit on our corporate board. Okay, what does that mean? I've been picking people's brains. What's that mean? Well, they they meet about once a quarter and vote on decisions for the company. Oh, okay, that's fine. How much does it pay? Oh, half a million a year. Million a year. It's just crazy how these people just trade money hand over fist. But that's more how federal corruption works in this country. But that doesn't mean briefcases don't get slid under the table. They do to your mayor, to your city council, to your governor in some cases, even though that gets a little high level and it doesn't happen quite so blatantly. That jerkwater city councilman you have who drives a brand new late model BMW, or drives a late model BMW, you know that guy makes $30,000 a year, right? You know that guy should be in some dumpy apartment somewhere, driving a 10-year-old car like I do, like you do. Why the new Beamer, pal? The corruption at local levels is staggering in politics. And here's another mistake people make. And maybe you're making this mistake right now. I've made it before, too. When I say that, you think, well, yeah, Chicago. (laughs) Dirty. New York. Brother. Ma'am. That small town is oftentimes twice as dirty as the big city. Twice as dirty. People get into politics. Remember, Jesse's rule for why people get into politics. You remember? You get into politics... Because you want access to the things rich people have without having to actually accomplish anything. There's no other reason to get into politics. That's why people do it. It's a dirty business out there. All right. Chris, play that play that Biden sound that's cry that's making the rounds. Again, again, if you missed it or if you missed any part of the show, the whole show's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. But we're gonna play it for you right now. Fox News is Peter Ducey. It's a little hard to hear. It's a press conference. He asked Joe Biden a question about inflation. The president of the United States lacks the cognitive ability to know when a microphone is on or off. So he gets a little too honest. What do you think President on inflation? Do you think inflation is political?
4: That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son
0: of a b- That's our president. Do you? And again, I don't care that he called a reporter a bad name. I call reporters bad names all the time. Reporters are scumbags. I do care that the president doesn't know when he should and shouldn't say things. We need a president with the ability to make thoughts. We need the president with the ability to make decisions. I do find it funny, though. Remember how they tried to sell Joe Biden as some nice guy? Oh, this demon Trump, we got to get rid of him and get nice Joe. And people act like now they're like, well, it's just because if it's dementia, he's like this. Joe Biden's been a jerk for about 40 years.
4: Ask the right questions. What a stupid son. Come on, man. That's like saying you before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think? Huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? <laughs> Go back and read what I said. Why 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 why, why, why you you're getting nervous, man. That is an interesting reading of English. You, you I assume you got into into journalism because you like to write. I want to talk about happy things, man. What? What, the hell, what do you do all the time? When did I say I was confident? I said, said in the next six months I said, we'll what I said was, let's get it straight. I, I think I running probably running. have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? What don't Who said, said that? that? I know you'd ask it. I have no reason. You don't understand that you're in your own business.
1: <laughs> can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive a No, the you
4: can't. <laughs> I'm not unless you get in front of the car as I step
1: on it. <laughs> President, going to ask
4: okay? A number of obnoxious questions. Don't screw around with me. Let's get it straight. You use a No, let me, listen to me. I'm listening. Why are you in <laughs> the orange line who's question? don't Start poke that in my face, okay, buddy? I don't
1: go, want you to you ask that. you, guys. We're going to go. Guys, go. I'm immediately with a man. Just, you're a good man.
4: Thank you, guys. This is all the time we have.
0: Joe Biden's been a jerk for a very, very, very long time. This this whole, call oh, he called Peter Doocy Deuce, Peter a bad name. That's how Joe Biden has been for a long, long time. All right, let's get to some emails. Remember, you can email the show anything you want, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at com. I'm a Catholic religious sister. Did you know we have nuns that listen to the show, Chris? I can see me being a big what, Chris? I can see me being big with the nun crowd. This is not about the airport toilet story, Chris. You think nuns don't have the same experiences? You know, forget it, Chris. I'm gonna move on. I heard when you I heard you when I was visiting my family. I know of your insights into communism. I thought you might be interested in Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. He was up for canonization in 2019. During his life, he preached against against communism vehemently. Suddenly, his process for canonization was suspended. Coincidence? Says I can say her name. Her name is Sister Catherine Mary, and she sends her prayers. How about that, Chris? How about that? Maybe she's even praying for you. I doubt it, but maybe she is. Maybe she is. All right. Now, we have headlines I didn't get to. That's the good news. The bad news is this. There are a lot of them. I got distracted a lot today. There was the toilet story and we were talking about MREs and it's just, it, there's, a, there's a lot to go over. So it's going to be a great headlines I didn't get to. And surprise, surprise, one of the headlines again is about inflation. Remember Joe Biden, when he snapped at Peter Doocy, Peter Doocy was asking about inflation. Why is Joe Biden so mad about getting asked about inflation? Because it's going to get worse and every single person knows it. I saw today they're already discussing another gigantic COVID bill. When I tell you to call Oxford Gold Group and get some gold delivered to your house, that's why I say it. It's the only thing, it's the only option you have to make sure you have some value. Because look, what are are we going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do if they destroy the value of the dollar? I don't know about you. That's how I get paid. I get paid in dollars. We have to start moving some of that money, nothing drastic, some of that money into gold so we have value no matter what. And they're real easy to work with. I know him personally. Just tell him Jesse told you to call, and they'll take good care of you. I promise. 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Fighting for your freedom every day. USA!
2: USA! The Jesse Kelly Show.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly show. And before I get to headlines, I didn't get to and get to a couple more emails here. You don't do the you don't do this often, but you sold yourself short on Friday. Storytelling is a gift and you have it. A great example is pastors of churches. Either you have the gift of gab or you don't. If your ego has a room, if your ego has room, please add this to your long list of extreme talents. If I homeschooled my kids, would major in sleep. True story, my kids would ask me to read instead of mom because my boring voice <laughs> would instantly put them to sleep, no matter how hard I tried to make it fun. My wife, on the other hand, would keep their attention throughout the story. People need to recognize their talents and capturing the attention of others is one many people don't have. Oh look, all I was saying, he's talking about Friday show. if you missed Friday show, it was it was it was extra good. You can download the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. And he was talking about storytelling. where I was talking about storytelling and what makes a good storytelling. What I've said is people think, people think they're bad storytellers or people will write in and they, they enjoy how I tell a story. Uh, there's nothing to it. It's not a skill. Uh, you have skills. Being able to tell a story is not a skill. Where people screw up is this. When you tell a story... Are you trying to put the person who's listening to the story in the story? Are you trying to make them feel it? Are you trying to make them enjoy it? Or are you trying to make them think you're smart? You can't do both. You cannot do both. If you're going to throw out a bunch of names and dates and talk over their head and everything else and, and General Johnson, of it, then you already lost them. Look, it's an ego thing. Honestly, it's an ego thing. It's easy to go do a bunch of research on something, then you do a bunch of things they don't have, they don't know, and then you sound smarter than all of them, and make yourself, sound so, make yourself sound super smart. But they're not going to enjoy the story. They're not going to enjoy the story at all. All right, that's enough of that. And now
2: here's a
4: headline. By, go, you know the, you know the thing.
0: Headlines we didn't get to. University quietly changes controversial policy months after telling college Republicans not to campaign for Yunkin. This is Washington and Lee University. I just want to make sure you once again understand this is a constant theme on the show. You love your child. You are going to spend 18 years raising that child and treasuring that child and teaching that child your values. Are you then, at the end of that 18 years, going to spend over $100,000 to send your child off to be educated by people who hate your freaking guts? Be very, very careful. Your child is not done learning at the age of 18. The forgotten medieval habit of two sleeps. Well, maybe y'all forgot about it. But me, Jesse Kelly, top five napper in the world... I ain't forgot about it at all. Knocked out one right before the show again. Women are now third-class citizens, said a pen swimmer in an interview. This is, of course, in reference to the transgender pen swimmer who's out there blowing all the women out and dominating all the events. Uh, this is going to sound harsh. Tough. Life's harsh. The fact that every female swimmer The fact that every female athlete lacks the courage to publicly speak out against this and put their name on it means they're going to be steamrolled into non-existence. This is the age of cowardice. This is the age where men and women who know what is right choose to remain silent because it's easy and they don't want to get yelled at. And they get stormed over issue after issue after issue after issue. It's the people who know what's right and shut their mouths. They're the ones who are doing us wrong. They're the ones who are doing us wrong. Oh, gosh. Bill Gates praises China for their great work on COVID-19 in a new video message. Again, we don't produce people in this country now who lead our society, who love the country. They love money. They love themselves. They're all in it for themselves. There's not a single patriotic bone running through their body, and you can't have a society that is led by people who have no care for the society. Oh, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. Bill Gates has a psychological profile similar to Mao and Stalin. He would oversee the death of, of millions and not lose a second of sleep over it, he would think he was the good guy. Companies linked to Putin's pipeline contributed to the Schumer campaign. Yes, they're all in it with all of these foreign enemies. They're all lying in their pockets. I've said it again, over 80% of the United States Senate, they're millionaires. Senators make $165,000 a year. Either they're all really, really good savers or something else is afoot. Chinese tech giant Hawaii paid Democrat Tony Podesta one million dollars for lobbying the Biden White House. Do you remember what I said earlier in the show? I think it was about fifteen minutes. How the wa- how about fifteen minutes ago? How the Washington corruption works? How it's not the key, it's not the briefcase full of cash under the table. Is that job waiting for you when you're done working there? No, I mean no. We're not gonna we're not gonna bribe you, Senator. But look, I just want you to know there is a job at CNN waiting for you. There's a job at Hawaii waiting for you. There's a job at this defense contractor waiting for you. This air quote, green energy company. Of course you can come sit on our board. Yeah, half a million a year to be fine. That's the real Washington corruption. Woman carjacked by good Samaritan who helped her out of a snowbank. I mean, at least she got out of the snowbank. Twitter suspends congressional candidate for pro-Second Amendment tweet. Be careful with big tech. They're going to fortify another election. Now, what have we been talking about, about kids in the show and college and things like that, about teaching your kids things? Be more purposeful with what your kids do with their free time. I'm trying to get better at this. Full disclosure, I, I mean, we haven't been bad, but I don't think I've been good either. We're trying to get better at it. Part of us getting better at it has been the Annie's Genius Box. They send one of these a month, and your kid learns, and they enjoy it. They learn chemistry. They learn aerodynamics. They're, they're building robots. They're building hovercrafts. Your kid is learning how to think. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash radio, and you get 75% off your first box. annieskitclubs.com slash radio. All this right, it's been a great show tonight. It's going to be an even better show tomorrow. I have a special guest planned for you tomorrow because I'm a special person, Chris. (laughs) All right. That's all.